Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Dr. Hagen prophesied right before his death. In fact, I was there and your pastors were probably there that night too. But he prophesied over the next few years, uh, about a year before his death. It was a powerful, powerful prophecy, but uh, I wish we had time to look at more of it. But, but one thing that he said in that prophecy was that the churches in the last days that would make a difference. Now, come on, if you want to be part of a church in the last days making a difference, say amen. amen. He, he said that if the churches in the last days that would be making a difference, the churches that would be in the middle of what he is doing in the last days would have a balance. Everybody shout out balance. They would have a balance of the word and the spirit. And we want that here at Faith Family Church. Amen. We want the balance of the word and the spirit. Now, has anybody, anybody ever been to a church that maybe it was just the word, the word, the word, the word, the word? They were strong in the word but maybe didn't have that, that balance of the Spirit. Or anybody ever been to one of those churches that just has the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, without any word? We want to have the balance of the word and the Spirit. And, and we do, but, but we want to, man, Dr. Hagin, he prophesied the churches in the last days that would make a difference, that would be in the middle of what he is doing, would have a balance of the word and a balance of the spirit. If that bears witness with you, say amen. 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 That bears witness with me. So title of today's message is Balance. Balance. A church of the word where the unchurched can come, connect to Jesus Christ, and grow while at the same time the believers can be equipped fully by the Holy Spirit to fulfill the call of God on their life. And let's get, get to some word today. And I, I'm going to shock you, I think, when I tell you where, where, where to turn today. Turn over to the book of Ezra. Ha! <laughs> huh. You didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> turn over to the book of Ezra. How many people, uh, I, I remember in eighth grade, uh, my eighth grade science teacher, who also happened to be my high school basketball coach, um, later on, he was my science teacher, and he would walk in and he would say, put your books and your notebooks underneath your desk and take out a pencil. We are going to have a pop quiz today. How many would not be excited if we had a pop quiz on Ezra? <laughs> well, you know what? Ezra has become one of my favorite dudes in the Old Testament. Ezra, he's become one of my favorite guys. Now, Ezra, he was a scribe. Now, if I was alive back in the day, I would have wanted his job. He was a scribe. Now, you know what a scribe was? We know what a scribe did. A scribe was a member of the learned class, a member of the learned class in ancient Israel that studied and taught the scriptures. Anybody else say, hey, I'll sign up to be a scribe. Wouldn't that be a cool job? Wouldn't that be, be a cool calling? 
And God called him. God called Ezra. God equipped Ezra. God used Ezra in a huge way. Some of the things that Ezra did, just trying to give you a little background here, some of the things that Ezra did was the ungodly king called Ezra and said, Ezra, I, I want you to basically, I want you to, to come up with a, a religious education program that all kids must go through. That doesn't maybe sound that exciting, but that would be the equivalent of if our president found somebody in our nation that said, okay, we're going to send kids to kindergarten and we're going to basically, it's not gonna be just kindergarten, it's gonna be like Sunday school. That'd be pretty significant calling to get to train and equip every single one of the kids in the entire nation. And so that's one of the things that Ezra did. Another thing he did was he led the exiles back to Jerusalem. Another thing that he did was, and, and I love this, he was a leader. He was a leader along with Nehemiah in the last spiritual awakening in the Old Testament, basically. Now, that kind of bears witness with me. I'd like to be part of the last spiritual awakening in a dispensation. And I think we might be, folks. Amen? I think we might be. I think we are. All this was possible because he dedicated himself to studying God's word. He personally applied what he learned and he taught it to others, what he learned. That's why he was such an, such an incredible guy. Um, Ezra achieved great things and he made a significant impact simply because of his commitment to God's word. He studied it seriously and he applied it faithfully. So I wanted to just give you enough of a, a little bit of a background on this guy because I'm afraid some of you might have failed that pop quiz if we would have had it. <laughs> and I probably myself would have done the same thing uh, before I got turned on to him just, just a short time ago. So he was a scribe. He loved what he did and he was very passionate about it. Ezra 10.1 tells us how, how passionate he was about what he did. It says why Ezra prayed and he made this confession. He was weeping and lying face down on the ground in front of the temple of God, a very large crowd of people from Israel, men, women, and children gathered and wept bitterly with him. Man, he was passionate about what he did. Now, a little bit more background. Now, the children of God, come on, let's see the big picture of what's going on in the Old Testament. The children of God, though it was not easy, eventually made it to the land of promise. Right? They eventually made it to the land of promise. But oh man, we could talk for days about all the different things that happened. Got me thinking about Faith Family Church. Folks, we have come a long way. 37 years. That's 2,000 weekends of having church. I mean, come on, that's something, that's pretty awesome. Just, I mean, that's incredible. 
think of all the word that's been sown. Think of all the prayers that have been prayed. Think of all the lives that have been touched. I mean, 28 kids alone in the last eight days? Come on, we're blessed around here. We're absolutely blessed. So the children of God, though it was not easy, they eventually made it to the land of promise. But, everybody shout out, but. but. Come on, kids, it's your one time to get to say but and not get in trouble for it. <laughs> but the people of God allowed indifference, idolatry, and injustice. They allowed indifference. Everybody say apathy. They allowed idolatry. Everybody say sin. sin. And they allowed injustice. What was the injustice? I, I use the word injustice there because you can't have two words that start with I. You got to have three words that start with I. But what's the injustice? It's simply being targeted by the enemy because of the call of God on your life. I've had some injustice. You've had some injustice. The children of God allowed indifference, idolatry, and injustice to sneak in. Come on, a lot of us have seen this. Some of us have, have maybe got a little apathetic, a little sin. And you know what? Sometimes much heartache can follow. Lord, help us. Lord, help us if there's people in here that have given way to apathy, given way to indifference. Lord, help us. A little bit more background here, and, and then we're going we're gonna to start uh, going for the kill here in a second, because this is really, I think, it's, I think you're going to like what you hear today. The Jews, okay, they were divided into two kingdoms. You had the North Kingdom, you know, they had the 12 tribes. Ten of the 12 tribes made up the North Kingdom, and 10 of the 12 tribes, when they separated, they went into permanent obscurity and were never heard from again. In my years in the ministry, I have seen a lot of people go into obscurity, and up until this point, they haven't been heard from. I saw it in 21 years. You've seen it in 37 years. Isn't that sad? People going into obscurity. Come on up in the balcony. Andy, come on, think about that. People going into obscurity, never being heard from again. Wow. But there was also the southern tribe, the two tribes that were left. And what happened again because of indifference, idolatry, and injustice, the two tribes that were left, though they'd come a long ways, Nebuchadnezzar, this evil king from Babylon, invaded them, defeated them, and exiled the people of God 1,000 miles away. You know, part, part of us is like, oh, Matt, that's, that's just horrible. Why, why would God allow such a thing? Folks, don't kid yourself. God gave them so many chances to get their act together, and they refused. I mean, come on. If this is God's umbrella of protection, and, and God is saying, stay under that umbrella, but they kept trying to get out. He tried to get them back, and they kept trying to get out. 
And God tried to stop them and God was gracious and God was merciful. But if you just keep trying to make the wrong choices, to make the wrong decisions, if you just keep trying to get out from underneath the umbrella of protection, there's going to come a day he's going to let you because he gave you a free will. And so it wasn't God's choice. It wasn't God's best. It wasn't God's plan. It was their choices that caused them to be exiled to Babylon. Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was leveled. Imagine if something would happen and this building would be leveled. How horrible, how sad. We pick up the story in Psalms 137, verse number one. And the reason I, I shift gears before we, we go back to Ezra is I want you to see the, the, the lament, the, the lament that was, that, that, that anguish here. Psalms 137.1. This was after they were exiled to Babylon. So mad. How did I let apathy? How did I let sin? Why didn't I listen? Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept as we thought of the good old days and, and what could have been. Verse number two, we put away our harps hanging them on the branches of, of poplar trees. For our captors demanded a song. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. They said, sing us one of those songs of, of Jerusalem. You see, they had heard about the incredible praise they used to have. And they were like, put on a show for us. We heard what things used to be like. They said, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while we are in this pagan land? How can we worship when we've been exiled? How can we worship when we've hit rock bottom? You know, we could talk about how it's important, it's as important to worship when things aren't going well as it is when things are going well. It's easy to worship when you get the great testimony, but that's not what this message today is all about. <laughs> Verse number five, if I forget old Jerusalem, if I forget Jerusalem, the temple, how far God brought us, let my right hand forget how to play the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if, I, mouth if I fail to remember you, if I don't make Jerusalem my greatest joy. It's not a good thing if you fall away from the Lord, but if you do, the best thing to do is return to him being your greatest joy. Some, everybody say some, some of the people repented for the three eyes, indifference, idolatry, and justice. Folks, there's always a remnant. There's always a remnant. The remnant isn't always the majority. The remnant isn't usually the majority. But there's always a remnant. They realized how much they had lost. Come on, they lost their identity. They lost their land. They lost the temple. They lost their freedom to live God's ways and obey his, his word. But the good news was, was there was a remnant that got back to loving him and placing a priority on God's word and that things began to improve. Verse number 
You ever stop to think? Now, come on. I know no condemnation. Have you ever stopped to think? What could have been their testimony? What could have been if they didn't let the apathy and the sin in? I know, no condemnation. I've, I've even thought about my life. You know, what, what did I miss out on because I maybe didn't always make right choices? Wow. I can't help but to think about them. But if you have fallen away, if you do fall away, and, some, and sometimes we do, I love what Ezra 8.21 says, and I think this might be a word for some of us here today that maybe says, oh, yeah, I had a little apathy. I've had a little, uh, you know, a little sin. It says, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God. And I love the rest of this scripture. This is something I pray for, for my family, to seek from him the right way for us, for our little ones, and all of our possessions. Come on, if you're here today and you want God to show you the right way, say amen. 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 That's what I want. That's what we want. The right way, the right way, the right way. I want to give you two, and I'm going to call these my texts for this message. I know I've already given you some scripture, but, but these are, are kind of the meat of it. Now, remember Dr. Hagen's word. The churches that are in, going to make a difference, if you want to be part of that church, say amen. amen. The churches that are in the middle of what he's doing, if you want to be in the middle of what he's doing, say amen. amen. They would have a balance. Everybody shout balance yes. of the word and the spirit. Ezra 7.10. I love this scripture. I love this scripture. Ezra determined to study and obey the law of the Lord and to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. Now, this next statement is what I want you to just like never forget. The studying and teaching of God's word was the catalyst to lead the people forward. That's a word for our church. When we gather on Sunday mornings, when we gather on Wednesday nights, whoever's ministering, they're not just like, well, got to preach something. What should I preach? No, come on, church. Pray. 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 Pray for your pastors. Pray for this place. We don't just want messages. Come with an, pray with an expectation and come with an expectation that the studying and the teaching of God's word would be the catalyst to lead the people forward. Man, I, I believe that's true for you. I believe that's true for your family. I believe it's true for our church. So the first text, if, if I could sum the book of Ezra up in just two passages, it'd be one, Ezra 7.10, and the other, Ezra 3.10. Ezra 3.10. So Ezra 7.10, that was the word part of Dr. Hagen's prophecy. Now let's get to the spirit part of the prophecy. And folks, 
I'm not trying to make something that's not there, but I believe this passage has some prophetic significance for our church. I, I, really, I, I really believe, and I'll expound on that here in a second. Ezra 3.10. So much going on here. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple... Now think about that. We fast forward and we skip the bunch, but they're back in Jerusalem and they're building the Lord's temple that had been leveled. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, I find it ironic that it says when they completed the foundation. Larry, you're a builder. The time, to, the time to, to celebrate isn't in the natural when you complete the foundation. But God led them. Okay, we've, we've made some progress. Now, now let's celebrate. Now let's, let's get in a service and, and get stirred up, get built up. The builders completed the foundation. They didn't complete the temple, just the foundation. The priest put on their robes. You know how I like to say it when, when I see this verse? It's like the priest, they, they were all working, every, everybody, all hands on duty. You know what the priest did? The priest took off their tool belts and they put on their priestly robes. You got to know when to put your tool belt on. And you got to know when to put your priestly robe on. You got to have a balance. The priests put on their robes and they took their places. Come on, everybody's got a place. Everybody's got a part to blow their trumpets. The Levites, the descendants of Asaph, clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks, they sang the song to the Lord. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout. Praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. Now watch what happens. But many of the older priests... Come on, I'm, I'm talking for a minute to you that have been around here for a while. I'm thankful for you that are new here. I'm thankful for you that have been here for a while. Many of the older priests, if you're an older priest, say amen. amen. Uh, way to admit it. Good job. <laughs> Many of the older priests, the Levites, the other leaders who had seen the first temple... They wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. But the others, the, the new people, the new kids, the others, however, they were shouting for joy. Remember Dr. Hagen said, the word in the spirit, the word in the spirit. What you've got going on right here is an Old Testament move of the spirit. Imagine the joyful shouting of the newbies and weeping mingled 
together in a loud noise that could be heard far in the distance. Can you imagine? You, you had half the people weeping. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so ha- I'm so happy the foundation is laid. We wondered when we were exiled if we would ever get back here and look what the Lord has done. He's brought us back. He's given us a second chance. And they were just moved. Their emotions were moved. But then the new people that maybe didn't know all that had went on in the past to get them to that point. Wow. Folks, this is why I think Ezra is like the perfect example to Dr. Hagen's prophecy. Because it was a balance. It was a balance of the word. But right here you have an Old Testament move of the Spirit. Wow. Think about that. The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. The most important thing I believe about our present is to be able to look back to our past of 37 years and be thankful and celebrate and rest that there's a bunch of seed in the ground and a bunch of prayers that have been prayed and and God's Word won't return void. I think the most important thing about our present is to be able to look at the past, but also to be able to look ahead to the future. Because if the Lord tarries, and it seems to me like he's, he's pretty good at tarrying, if the Lord keeps tarrying, then I believe God. I believe God's going to take our past here in our present, and I believe, moving on into our future. I believe that. that I think there's something there for our church about the past, about the present, about the future. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm glad and I'm thankful to be a part of it. So much more we could say about Ezra. But I want to stop right here. The, the precedence, the precedent has been set for the people of God that have come a long way, yet then sometimes maybe some, some sin, some apathy, some injustice happens, but no condemnation. Because no matter where we're at, maybe we've been exiled a little bit, we can come back and we can begin to build again. And it it can be something that's incredible. But just like with the people of God then, just like with the people of God then, it's the studying and the teaching of God's word that's going to be the catalyst that's going to lead this church forward. So you see the importance of God's word. But for us, for us to allow the preaching and teaching of God's word to be the catalyst to lead us forward. Folks, you know what? I really think more than anything that we need 
we just gotta, we just gotta have hunger. We've got to have a hunger for God's word. Here's what can't happen. It can't be, Matt said that the studying of God's word is going to lead us forward, so I must study the word today. No, not mechanical, not robot. I mean, sometimes you've got to be honest, and and you've just got to say, wow, I haven't been in the word like I need to be. Uh, Something's wrong with me. I, I need my hunger restored. Just stand up on your feet today. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. If you would, just please bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're in this place today, and you'd just say, Matt, this all bears witness with me. The balance thing, the hunger thing, studying God's word, making that a greater priority in our lives. It's going to lead us forward. A balance of the word and the spirit. But I really believe it starts with a hunger. With your heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to pray for us today. I didn't say, I want to pray for you because I'm, I'm so perfect. No, I want to pray for us today. That we would just quite simply have a greater hunger for God's word. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and, and if, if that's you that just say, I want a greater hunger for the word of God, just lift up your hands and surrender to the Lord. It might, by lifting up your hand, it might not even be saying that, your word intake hasn't been what it should be. Maybe, it, maybe it's great, but we could still have a greater hunger. Make this confession. Just say, dear Lord, I am so sorry for apathy, for sin. Please forgive me. Lord, please make me hungry for your word which is going to be the catalyst to move my life forward into your best. I love you, Lord. Make me hungry. I surrender. I yield in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.